And welcome into another episode of the Pacers Podcast. I'm Scott Agnes. On this episode, you'll hear from someone very close to Victor Oladipo, his sports performance trainer, David Alexander. He's a guy many, at least in this field, have known for several years now, going back to his workouts with LeBron James and Dwayne Wade, specifically down in Miami. Those have continued with Dwayne Wade, and that's how Victor Oladipo got his introduction two summers ago. And then this past April, we all remember that text after Game 7 in Cleveland. He shot off a text to David Alexander that said, When do we start? I'm ready to take it to another level. Alexander, who was with his family at the time, was stunned. He was surprised by that and shared it. I picked it up, and then it even gained more steam from others that did not follow him and uh, went viral within the NBA community. More than that, I've been fascinated with Victor's body transformation. He went into DBC and worked with David Alexander two years ago last April. Within three weeks, there was noticeable differences, decrease in inflammation, and so many things that he altered within his diet, within his daily regimen, and he's kept to those things. Those were even before the trade happened when Oklahoma City sent him to Indiana. This was before the trade, but he's kept that up as he continues to strive to be the best player he can be and not set limits on himself. So this past offseason and the busiest easily of Oladipo's professional career, he bounced around going from Augusta, Georgia to Miami to L.A. to New York, back home to D.C., back to Miami, all in between. He had a very busy offseason, but he always made time to work out and always made time in Miami to work out with David Alexander Monday through Friday. This was part of many different things that Oladipo did during the offseason to not only stay fit, but to improve even more, to take his game to another level after his most improved season, after being first-team all-defense, after being third-team all-NBA. Again, he's not content, not satisfied with his individual play or where the team has gone over this past year. He wants to elevate his own game, and in turn, it'll benefit the Pacers. All right, without further ado, let's get into my interview. Here's David Alexander of DBC Fitness. All right, as promised, I welcome in David Alexander from Miami. He's the founder of DBC Fitness, and he's also Victor Oladipo's personal sports performance Trainer, David, I appreciate you taking the time. Let's start at the beginning, which I presume was right around May of 2017. How did your relationship start uh, with Victor? Yeah, um, you know, I, I was lucky enough to meet Victor through Vic, uh, through D-Wade. Uh, D-Wade kind of is like a big brother to Vic and reached out to me and see if we could take him in and do an assessment and bring him on as a client. And, and that was that. Now he's like a little brother. So from that mark, I think where we really started paying attention was when a photo surfaced about three weeks later where already Vic had eliminated some things like carbs. I think he says the only times now he has carbs are right before game day. Otherwise, he's mostly eliminated that, and he's also carrying a jug of water around all the time, even during media interviews. The jug of water is right there. I've written about that before. Can you explain the basics behind the fundamental things you try to get accomplished with Victor at the very beginning? Yeah, you know, a lot of it with our approach with Vic was just really getting away from the smoke and mirrors of the industry and all the kind of the fancy stuff you see on Instagram that people are doing for likes and follows Mm -hmm. and stick to the basics of what the human body needs and how it functions. And the number one thing was just dialing into his nutrition, uh, eliminating all flour, refined sugars, gluten, things that we knew were going to kind of inflame his body. As when he came in, you know, I, I probably said it a million times, he was very inflamed upon his first day entering our facility. 
So for us, it was to calm all that down, to try to flush out all the inflammation, get all the toxins out of his body, and to start to educate him on what real food is and, and what should be going into his temple and what shouldn't. Uh, the hydration plays a big factor. You know, the, the the minimum we were starting him on was about three liters of water a day. And, you know, we graduated him to a, a gallon of water a day, which he, he knocks back no problem now. Um, so it's really become a lifestyle for Victor. He understands that, you know, he, he's a professional athlete and not just a prefer, professional athlete. He's trying to be, you know, the greatest that's ever played his position. Uh, and he approaches his craft as such. He's He's super locked in with everything he does. He's constantly asking me to research and study and look up on things for him with different ways to approach his food or approach his training, et cetera. Um, so I think that's what also makes it such a pleasure to be his trainer and be a part of, you know, the, this whole thing that he's creating. What was one of the biggest things, biggest obstacles you had to force him past or food groups you had to force him to get past? You know what? With Vic, there, there was nothing like that. Um, he was he came in so mentally locked in and so prepared to to be great that there wasn't like, hey, you got to quit gummy bears. You know, you, believe it or not, you see a lot of <laughs> high-end athletes that have these these funny addictions to little foods that you would never think they would, you know, whether it's a, a bag of Skittles or gummy bears or they can't live without chocolate milk or whatever it may be. He wasn't like that. You know, with Vic, we, we laid it out for him. We showed him, hey, here's what it's going to take to reach the next level, and he kind of hit the ground running. So you've, you're very much into biomechanics. You do these tests, and I'm going off – what you share on Instagram, which is fascinating, especially for people within the industry, as you guys get people certified with the DBC. I think test one is what you call it. What What are some of those baseline numbers that you're trying to evaluate? Is it simple things like we would expect body fat and those type of things? No, not at all. So, you know, that's that's like the real basic stuff when you start talking about circumference measurements and, and body fat and body weight and things like that. Um, our approach is actually real true biomechanics. You know, the system... Uh, the actual assessment was developed by my partner, Donnie Raymond, um, and through the process of building DBC, we brought in some of the world's top biomechanists and engineers that have kind of helped us fine-tune the system. Um, it's roughly 60 orthopedic measurements, so we're measuring everything from knee flexion to uh, cervical extension to thoracic extension, excuse me, to um, you know lumbar curvature, thoracic curvature, things like that. So we're really looking at every bone and joint in the body, measuring the range of motion, and then finding out where their system can be shut down, and then from there, designing corrective programs that work off of phases uh, with getting their body aligned and, and able to start to perform back at high levels come the start of their seasons. Vic doesn't like to give much away. We asked him what he improved upon. What did he work on on the basketball court? He said, it's easier to show you. Just wait two and a half weeks. Part of that's entertaining. Part of it, I think, is very real for him, not trying to give away secrets. But he did single yeah. out his hips, hips flexion, and trying to, to work on that area. Can you share or elaborate on what he meant there? Well, a lot of it was with Victor, because he's such an explosive guy, um, anytime you train a muscle, you tighten a muscle. So for him, you know, he, he's extremely tight through his quads and through his hips. So through this offseason, you know, I, I worked really close with his on-court guy, Alan Watson, mm -hmm. uh, who did a phenomenal job with, with Vic on the court. Um, you know, him and I had a lot of open conversation as far as, okay, here's what I do with him in the gym today. Here's what I think you should do with him on the court, just to make sure we weren't overtraining him. What I mean by that is, you know, a lot of movement is already so quad dominant. So we would really have open conversation about, okay, listen, we focus heavily on trying to release his quads, keep range of motion through his hips, keep his glutes turned on, keep his hamstrings firing, keeping all the appropriate muscles that are supposed to do their job in movement. Um, and I think we had a lot of success this offseason. And then he also obviously highlights 
the recovery phrase where he can go next door. I think your place is expanded into maybe two buildings or, or whatever, what it looks like from the photos. What types of things do those include? Is that like your Norma text, your pretty standard types of recovery and getting worked on by your PTs? Yeah. Well, so, well, so nothing we do is standard. Okay. <laughs> so one thing about us is we try to, you know, we've done a great job at looking at what the industry's doing and kind of going the opposite way. Um, you know, we have everything in there from, you know, after a strong day of training, Vic has a liberty of going next door and jumping on the game ready and getting his legs flushed out or using the norm attack or getting stem or whatever we feel is needed. But we have also brought in some of the, you know, the world's top soft tissue and uh, ART, MAT specialists. So, you know, there's a lot of science and math to everything we do. We're just not, you know, we're, we're making sure that the athletes aren't going through anything cookie cutter. So, after every day he trains, he comes in, he gets his legs pumped, he gets lobed out, he gets stretched, he gets mashing done. So, you know, it's a full-time job. I would say, you know, Victor wakes up, you know, anywhere by 8 a.m. And by the time his day is wrapped up after, you know, training, recovery, and on court, it would be about 3 p.m. So it, it's work. It's it's a 40-hour-a-week job. Is it fair to say he almost does as much of that recovery and, and prehab as much as he trains and, and does things in your weight room and those sorts of things? Yeah, absolutely. One of the things I've always told Vic and I tell all our athletes are, you know, the recovery has to match the training. So however hard he's pushing himself in the training room with me or on court with Alan or or whatever else he's doing, the recovery has to match that. Um, and so we, we've done a great job of getting the right people around Vic to make sure that his body's constantly getting, you know, the soft tissue work he needs. He's getting the contrast he needs. He's getting the mashing he needs. Um you know, that's, I think, what really separates him and puts him into that category of the LeBrons and Dwayne Wades and those guys that take phenomenal care of their body. Uh, Vic has the same approach. He understands that it's not just about going on the court for an hour and working on his game. It's got to be in the training room. It's got to be in the recovery room. Um, that is, again, it's, it's a full-time job. Yeah, and all of it seems like focused work. It's not just going through the repetitions. I'm curious about you. Why did you get into this in terms of doing things differently, and, and where did you find that this was a needed thing because now it seems like more and more are trying to replicate that. Yeah. You know, so I'm 42 years old. I've been in the industry roughly 21 years. Um, I went to school for kinesiology um, and I've just been doing it a long time. And through, you know, the first 10 years of my career, I kind of kept a journal of everything I saw the, that the industry had and everything I thought it was missing. Um, I was very blessed to link up with high level athletes at a young age. So I got to see and spend a lot of time around pro facilities and, and, co and college facilities and high school facilities, and I saw the approach, and it wasn't that what anyone was doing was wrong. I just felt it was very cookie cutter. I felt like, okay, it's, you know, the average day of ending a training room is you, you walk in and there's a workout on the board and you got 15 guys all doing the same stuff. So my mind kind of started going the opposite way, and I started looking at it and going, all right, well, a guy like Vic shouldn't be training like the center on the team, and the center on the team shouldn't be training like a wide receiver. And, so, you know, no two athletes are the same. The human body is the human body. So what I wanted to do, and my partner and I, when we sat down and created this system, was we really wanted to create an approach that was going to make athletes and, and uh, you know, everyone else just better functioning human beings. And that comes down to creating detailed, tailored programs for each individual. And that's one thing you'll see is you're never going to walk into DBC and see four or five athletes doing the same workout. You know, every, every athlete that steps foot in our facility has their own trainer, their own biomechanist their own recovery specialist. Um, so it was really about trying to break that that mold of all the cookie-cutter workouts that are going on out there uh, and getting getting these athletes the details they deserve. The thing I think you do a good job of is sharing some behind the curtain on your Instagram page. If, if people haven't seen it, I encourage them to check it out. But in your captions you share, why you're recording this is so you can also have it 
to go back with your clients, go through it and explain things. Can you take us through like a session? What are you explaining? What are you trying to point out generally to your clients? So, you know, something just for example, like let's just say it's their, you know, their performance day and development day in which they're doing a lot of uh, speed training, a lot of plyometric stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll record a lot of it. And what I'll start to look at when we break down the film is, you know, their center of mass, where their heel strike is, trying to find out and collect as much data as we can and find the weaknesses. If, if I was on an opposing team, how would I watch film from a biomechanic standpoint? And how would I get the guy guarding a Victor Oladipo or going against a Victor Oladipo to be better than him? So we want to make sure that anytime someone else is watching film on one of our guys, they can't find any, any flaws in their system. So it's not just my eyes on it. You know, I put, I put our, our biomechanist, Jared Bosman on it, Donnie Raymond, our other guys, you know, one great thing about our facility is you're getting four or five, six trainers reviewing all your film and reviewing your program. So maybe I may miss something, but the other four or five guys are going to catch it. So we're, we're making sure that, you know, to the best of our ability, there's no weak points in any of our guys' game. Yeah, and I got to believe Vic loves that because I know at least on the basketball floor, he is reviewing all kinds of film time and time again. So I'm, it's, I'm you sure know, it's funny that. that you said that. Sorry, to it's funny you said that. So every day for literally the last three to four months, Vic will wrap up his workout. He trains with me at 11. He wraps up. He goes next door at 12. And he has an iPad that he carries with him. And it's got every game he's ever played loaded in it. And when he first said it, I thought he was kind of kidding. And then, you know, the first month goes by. The second month goes by. He's over next door for an hour getting treatment, watching every game from last season. And to me, that's, you know, what makes that kid so special. Yeah, he's got this thirst to be better, and he doesn't waste his time playing Fortnite and other video games. At least as he portrays to us, the only thing he really does is watch movies, and that's one way for him to cope and fall asleep is it just takes him back to a place when he was in his childhood. So he's a different guy, but a good way of being different, I think. One thing, thing, David, that you also do that jumped out to me was – in trying to make these guys uncomfortable, I assume it's for maybe late game situations or just to be different, is you'll throw like an ice tub outside your office with the hot sun of Miami during the summer and throw those guys in ice baths. Is that kind of the purpose behind that? Yeah, you know, absolutely. So, you know, we have a saying, when you come to DBC, you got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. I love it, um, yeah. w- One of the jobs that we really focus on is you know, we have we live by a couple things, and one of them is it's it's always better to leave the facility knowing you could have done more than than knowing you've done too much. What I mean by that is you've got so many trainers out there that are trying to break these athletes, and that's never our goal. You never want to break an athlete. You never want to push him so hard uh, or her so hard that they're throwing up or you know they're they're too sore the next day to do anything. But in every workout, we somehow mentally want them to have to question themselves and then find a way through that. And each time you, you leave the facility, you redefine your confidence. Um, so whether it's an ice tub or whether it's an anaerobic circuit at the end or whatever it may be, we always want to try to simulate the fourth quarter. And then with the ice tub aspect, it's really it's a mental thing, right? Because you're talking about you're getting in legit ice water. And it seems easy when you're watching it. But when you see that tub being filled and you're seeing uh, 20 bags of, you know, one-pound bags of ice being dropped in and you're about to get into it for five minutes – you mentally watch these guys go to a place where they've got to talk themselves into it. They've got to find a way to get through it. And our job is to make sure at no point when you're, you know, at a game seven or the last two minutes of any game, do you ever question your confidence or your ability? Um, not to mention there's just a ton of recovery aspects to, to the ice. Sure. There's more to it than just the mental side. It's probably one of the best ways to calm inflammation in the body. So 
uh, there, there's a little there's a little method to our madness. How have you seen? Speaking of confidence, and, and that's soared, I think, for Victor over the last eh, 15 months or so. Ha- have you noticed anything in particular like that jump out at you as he continues to make progress and you know is an All NBA type guy now? Yeah, you know, I think I think the thing that really stood out to me uh, this off season was he's always been a confident guy and he's believed in his game. But I think he, he, you know, he knows who Victor Oladipo is, and that's big because a lot of people, uh, what you may see on the court, you may see on Instagram, isn't really who they are. Uh, and this guy is 100% comfortable and confident at who Victor Oladipo is. And I think that gives him an edge. He, he's, not a, he's not afraid to miss a shot. He's not afraid not to have the right answer because I promise you this, he's going to learn it or he's going to make it the next time he does that. Um, so his confidence in knowing who he is, I think, is going to really translate into the court this year. Um, and I think I think the public's going to be in for a treat watching that kid play. I think people probably, Pacer fans at least, first maybe heard of you last April when you shared that text. I put it out and more people picked up on it as well when Vic said something like, I'm ready to go to work, when can we start? Did that surprise you at all or is that exactly the guy that you worked with the last summer? Now, listen, it surprised me because... Uh, when that game ended, I-, I was literally sitting on the couch with my wife, and you know I was so bummed out because I saw how hard Vic Vic went, and you know it was a game seven for him, and you know it, it was the first he's the first guy that has taken LeBron to a game seven in the first round, so that alone was was a huge leap. Um, but my wife and I were talking, and literally two minutes later, my phone buzzed, and I wasn't shocked that he did it because that's who Vic is. He's just a perfectionist who wants back to work. But I just couldn't believe that he hasn't even unlaced his shoes yet. And he was literally ready to fly to Miami. Um, and, and the only reason why I shared that text, and I never thought it was going to go viral, was I wanted all the athletes out there, and especially these young athletes that think they work hard or they talk about working hard, to really see what commitment is. I mean, you're talking about a guy who just went to Game 7 against the greatest player on the planet, uh, and he was ready to fly to Miami with his shoes still on from that game and come down and train. I mean, that speaks volumes. Vic usually will take off his uniform, sit there and ice up in his chair and scroll through his phone. So that part didn't surprise me. What, what did was sort of that mentality that, all right, I'm ready to go. And he kept working for that next month like he was still in the finals because he wants to be in the finals. He expects to be in the finals. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and, that, and that's his mindset. You know, even going, going into this season, I think one of the great things is – um, I think his coaches and I think his teammates really look at him as a leader now. I mean, I think he's always been a leader, but, you know, I got to see firsthand a couple of his teammates came around. Vic held a great camp for his entire team down in Miami, um, brought in a lot of positive stuff, brought in a lot of hard work. Um, and I think he's made that turn in his career where, you know, if people don't know by now who Victor Oladipo is, they better get to know really fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. One thing I am curious about is your relationship, if any, with the Pacers training staff. How much are you communicating with them, sharing what you're observing, them asking what you're up to, can you work on this, whatever? They've been phenomenal. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the whole Pacers organization. Uh, they've come down, they spent some time in DBC, and they got to watch Vic's training, and uh, you know, asked a bunch of questions that we got to answer in. You know, we have great lines of open communication. Anything they need from us, we give to them and vice versa. So they've been great. We've been able to send uh, all the stuff that we did with Victor in the offseason up to them. And, you know, they're going to keep moving forward with it and, and adding their their special touches to that stuff as well. But uh, it, it's been a phenomenal experience. They've been very open-minded and great. Um, so it, it, it was a pleasure having them around and getting to work with them in the future. 
Anything noteworthy that you want to end with here that stood out to you with your training this summer before Vic heading into the second year with the Pacers where I think he's as confident as I have ever seen him? I think the one slogan that Vic and I, you know, basically tattooed on the wall the entire season was uh, this offseason was familiarity breeds disrespect. And what, you know, what we meant by that was never get so comfortable with your situation that you take it for granted and and always keep working to to be the best you can um and Vic really took that to heart and you saw it every day he stepped in the facility uh he really pushed as if the world doesn't know who he is and that he still has something to prove so I think it's it's really exciting to see what he's about to do this season David thanks so much I don't want to take up any more of your time I appreciate you coming on thanks Scott we'll talk soon all right, that's David Alexander, the founder of DBC Fitness. He's worked with Victor Oladipo each of the last two summers and helped him make tremendous strides uh, in his body and how he manages it, what he puts into it, how he trains, how he recovers, all those various elements that goes into making a star player. And obviously the bulk of the work and the credit is on Victor and how prideful he is on himself and on his team and his work ethic to get better. But David Alexander certainly plays a big factor in Oladipo's summers and how they have their focused training is kind of the phrase I keep going back to when it comes to those two. They have a purpose. They go in every single day with list of items that they want to get accomplished, and they do. And then they recover and move on to the next day. So these two would work out together one-on-one Monday through Friday nearly every week during the summer. Now, Victor obviously took a few vacations, went to Israel, traveled a little bit, went out to L.A., to New York City, but... The majority of the summer was spent in Miami and spent at the training facility, DBC Fitness, with David Alexander. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Pacers podcast. This is your weekly reminder, if you have not done so already, subscribe to the Pacers podcast, number one on Apple Podcasts, and please leave us a review. Rate us if you could. I would really appreciate it. Also, now on Spotify, Stitcher, we've always been there, plus Google and TuneIn. That's where you can listen to both new and archived episodes. And I'll talk to you again soon.